What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, June 3rd. 2021, 27 days until Tim Getty's birthday. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the engaged one at Tim Getty's. Let Tim host. I can't wait for this game's daily, Greg. Again, it's been a while since it's been me and you, and we are in the thick <laughs> of the E3 hype right now. So many news stories. It's all going down. This is my favorite time of year. Always. That was the thing. You know, I, I don't I don't think we've ever been on a show where we've been like, oh, man, like, I don't know if I was the person for this show. But it uh-huh. always I love it when the fates align and you the the exact right person gets to be on. And for I you, that it. means it's either going to be a huge Nintendo day or it's a huge hype announcement day. And it exactly. is a huge hype announcement day, ladies and gentlemen. We finally have it. Let's talk about the E3 2021 schedule. Let's talk about some follow ups to yesterday's big PlayStation blog post. And I have Dolby News, especially for tim we I have haven't all seen this dolby news yet greg and i'm hoping i'm praying it that it's a you reversal it oh. you, you you're wait i'm sorry you're praying it's what a reversal of the news from earlier this oh week. the xbox exclusivity yeah no but but i have a question for you when we get to this news story okay. does that point to xbox exclusivity it'll Got all make it. sense in a second because okay. this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news need know about if you like that be part of the show patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can write in to be part of the show you can squad up you can just send us messages that say hey this is what i think of the news of course, over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, you can get each and every episode of kind of funny games daily ad free and with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday alongside shows like the kind of funny next gen podcast and the Q and A's we do each and every month. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, it's no big deal. You can watch us for free record the show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, just like Moko Shauna is and Kanji with 117 is and Takion Takion are. It is moving fast today because people are excited about E3 News and Jeffy Grub Grub. <coughs> However, if you don't want to watch live, you can watch later. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. You can watch uh, on roostreet.com. You can listen on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. If you are watching live, hold on, first off. Uh, QP in the chat says, fuck Jeff Grubb. Now there's a message I can get behind. But if you're watching live, kindoffunny.com slash wrong. Go there to keep us honest. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later. Housekeeping for you. There is a brand new episode of the Kind of Funny podcast up right now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny, RoosterTeeth.com, and podcast services around the globe. I think we titled it, you know, Marvel Stars Before They Were Stars. It is a Rick Rollin' all over the goddamn place podcast that go, uh, you know, uh, Nick teaches me about backballs. That's all you need to know. Unfortunately, it is. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Donovan Harkness, Blackjack. Uh, today, we're brought to you by DoorDash and Magic Spoon, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Kevin, I got three items on the Roper Report. Uh, baker's dozen. Now, I know what you're saying at home, or maybe I, what you're saying in the car. You're driving right now, you're on your way to work, and you're like, these motherfuckers. Only three news stories, and they said it was going to be a big news day. Listen here, jackass. These are mm-hmm. long-ass stories. You better strap in and get ready and get hyped. Tim, are you hyped? Are you ready? Extremely hyped. Extremely ready. Let's get to it. 
Number one on the Roper Report, E3 2021's schedule has been revealed. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, of course, next week is E3, a giant live show. It's back. It's digital only. It's happening, uh, of course, starting on the 12th through the, and then ends on the 15th, Saturday, the 12th of June through the June 15th. Uh, today, E3 put out a press release. Uh, I will start at the most important paragraph, hosted by Alex Goldenboy, Mendez, Jackie Jing, and Greg Miller. The E3 2021 broadcast will feature major publishers showcases. I'm sorry, major publisher showcases, press conferences, industry panels, extended live streams, special celebrity guest appearances, and more. Now, here's where I put in an interesting addition. I'm about to get into the schedule of events for what they've done, but what you're going to find is they basically are saying like, "Hey, we start at 10 a.m. and then there's all these different things that happen," and people are like. Dude, this fucking sucks. This isn't a schedule. <laughs> this is just you saying what people are on what days, which is fine, but you're not putting out uh, actual times. E3 themselves tweeted this today. Real talk. Everyone would love a complete schedule with every time listed on it. But announcing days slash times is 100% the prerogative of the many participants the many partners participating in this year's show. So we'll keep uh, updating you on here as they choose to reveal so you stay in the loop. Cool? Cool, E3. I thought it was a weird one to do, though. You know what I mean, Tim? That seemed like a weird messaging on it of kind of like throwing the publishers under the bus. But Well, it's it's weird. I definitely want to talk about this, so I'm, I'm happy we're pausing here because I do think that I this is it's, it's great that E3 is being transparent about this and explaining yeah. why weird choices are being made. But I still don't understand why weird choices are being made. Like, sure, this is putting on the publishers, and it is on the publishers. They are the ones doing this. But at this point, why haven't they committed already like why aren't there times and when e3 is the ring when the esa right now is the ringleader supposedly trying to coordinate everything if we're already this far if we're already having days if we already know where they're not gonna be yeah i just don't really understand why especially with so many of the other uh people coming forward like ubisoft and microsoft and soft soft softs coming through like putting their times to dates right not having it it's just it's kind of weird and like i understand they're trying their best, but it's just in, in a world where E3 is no struggling to remain relevant. And this is definitely their attempt to kind of put their foot back in the industry and be like, no, yeah. we, we're, we're doing something different. It's going to work this time uh, again, like it used to. Uh, I feel like it's, it's not the best foot forward already where it's here we are a week out finally getting some information about the schedule. You know, we have so many journalists all over the Internet complaining about like the E3 oh, registration and all that yeah. stuff. A lot of hot takes, so many takes left and right. And it's like, you know, it, it, at, the, at some point it's like, who gives a shit? But the other side of it is like there is some valid questions being asked sure. of like. Why And it, a lot of it goes back to why are things being done the way they are. And I, I definitely understand that it's out of people's control in so many ways. And that's just kind of the reality of life, especially when you're dealing with something like E3, which we've talked about so many times. There hasn't, with the exception of Game Awards and opening night live at Gamescom, there has never been a one stage with everybody coming to announce their games sharing Nintendo sharing the stage with Xbox sharing the stage with Ubisoft or whatever. We don't get that. So this definitely is a foray into a new world. So with that's going to come hesitation and going to come some people still wanting to hold on to control and power. And I understand that, but it just seems weird this late, this close to the really three happening. 
You're right. I think what's interesting, and you I, to dial it all the way back to what you're saying in the beginning, right, is that if ESA is the ringleader leader of E3 this time around, I don't understand why it wasn't. Hey, everybody, we're going live with the schedule uh, on June 3rd at 8 a.m. Pacific time. That's when we need everything we want. We want to announce it. You can announce it too, which we're about to get into as we run through the days. Plenty of other companies came out, said their time, said what they're showing. But why it wasn't an organized, hey, this is when we're going. Sync, you know, everybody sync your watches. We're going at the same time so we can say one definitive schedule and have it all in one place. It's weird that they didn't do that. I weird that they couldn't get everybody to agree to that for some reason whatsoever. But let's run into what we do know, all right? So Saturday, June 12th, the broadcast pre-show starts at 10 a.m. Pacific time, and it reads like this. E3 2021 will kick off with press conferences from Ubisoft and Gearbox Entertainment as well as a session with Games Beat. Jeffy Grub Grub, you piece of shit! If I have it, it to the big time, if if summer games mess from Jeff Grub is the games beat presentation on Saturday, the June twelfth, I will be incredibly happy. But yeah. Ubisoft Gearbox starting off E three on Saturday, June twelfth. Uh, if that wasn't enough for you, like I said, people are starting to chime in. Ubisoft chimes in. Tune in at 11 a.m. So there you go. That The pre-show is an hour long on June 12th over on twitch.tv slash E3 when I'm hosting. Uh, June, I'm sorry, what? Tune in 11 a.m. Pacific to catch the pre-show featuring content about the latest news and upcoming updates from For Honor, Trackmania, The Crew 2, Brawlhalla, Watch Dogs Legion, and more from the teams at Ubisoft while the clock counts down to the main show. The main show kicks off at 12 p.m. Pacific, that's noon Pacific, featuring big announcements, updates on some of Ubisoft's live titles and some surprises that you won't want to miss. Catch all the details about the next mainline entry in in the Rainbow Six franchise, formerly known as Rainbow Six Quarantine, with world premiere gameplay and trailers revealing this brand new co-op title for the first time. Dive into the island paradise of Yara with Far Cry 6. Prepare for an avalanche of extreme sports with Riders Republic. You'll also receive updates from live titles such as Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Rainbow Six Siege on their upcoming content, as well as the Apple TV Plus series Mythic Quest and soon-to-be-released movie Werewolves Within, both from Ubisoft Film and Television, plus a few additional surprises. Stick around for the post-show at 1 p.m. Pacific for a deep dive into the game formerly known as Rainbow Six Quarantine, where the Ubisoft news team will squad up with special guests for some three-player cooperative action. Following this, the Rainbow Six Siege community team will have prepared their very own community briefing to update players on the game's top issues. Tim, let's just do it day by day, blow by blow. That Saturday, that's Ubisoft, that's Gearbox is coming, and then Jeffy Grub Grub's one-man show all Mm -hmm. happening on E3 Saturday. Industry heavyweight. Industry heavyweight Jeffy Grub Grub, who is old enough to date people who would remember Joe Piscopo. Uh, jump, it's a thing on Twitter. If you weren't there, it doesn't matter. Throw it out of your head. Don't worry about it, Tim. Just keep going. We're going a million miles an hour. You, you know got what it. matters to me here, Greg? And some surprises you won't want to miss. I love surprises. You know, this is this is my favorite type of press conference hypening where they come forward and they're like, here's all the main things we're talking about. Let's just get that out of the way. So you understand these games are going to be here. Don't complain when we show Far Cry 6 again, because we're going to show Far Cry 6 again. That's just going to happen. I think that's good. Yes, and it's going, it would have happened no matter what, but I like that they're saying it. We understand the show is going to be 40 minutes, did they say? And we can start dividing the time up in our minds with all this stuff that they're talking about here. Did they say 40 minutes? Did, I, did they? I don't know. No, Someone it's an hour. Knows. You have an hour. So the main okay. show kicks off at noon, and then the post show kicks off at one. So there's one hour of content here from Ubisoft. 
Yes. So uh, I, I want to give a shout out to Ubisoft for conti- for updates on For Honor, Trackmania, The Crew 2, <laughs> Brawlhalla, Watch Dogs Legion. They just, they're, every game is a games as a service to them in some way where it's like, they're we're playing all about the pre show. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And that's good too. Yeah. It's like, yeah. cool. Let's, we're still going to support these old games that people love. And then we're going to talk about the new upcoming stuff. And we got some surprises. Sounds like a good show to me. And again, we've been talking a lot about uh, how everyone's been doing their different shows this season compared to last yeah. E3 season. And the the thing I think Ubisoft has going for it is because they've already had a forward this year and they've kind of set the, the understanding that there's going to be quarterly forwards. They've been doing those at least. It's huh? kind of, it takes the pressure off of this being the one that's going to have every every single game from Ubisoft, which back in the day, that's how it had to be for sure, Ubisoft. That was your E3. That was your, that E3. Was your E3. That was your presentation. You had to come out. All, exactly. All Ubisoft announcements will be in this one day. Now it's like, no, there's not that, which is definitely less exciting, but I think it's a little bit more manageable. So then my question becomes, you say some surprises. Looking at this, it's not unexpected, but I don't think it's overwhelmingly hype what they have laid out here, right? As somebody who, like, Rainbow Six Quarantine's got, a, a for me, a long way to go to make me excited for it. Far Cry 6, I'm into, but I don't need to see more. Riders Republic, I know Kevin is all about. Kevin can't wait. You're all about it, too. Uh, and then Assassin's Creed. Yeah, yeah. How, how much can you pull? No, no blessing. Blessing's not, we don't talk about him, okay? Okay. For some surprises, how much do you extrapolate from that? Because, of course, I'm excited for more Division content. So I'm hoping the surprise is, hey, here's what the Division 2, you know, first you know, trailer for whatever the new game mode they keep hinting at is going to be, let alone Division Heartland, this free-to-play game that we know is supposed to drop sometime this year. Like, do you think on top of the, that we're getting in there? Or do you go as far as to hope for a Sam Fisher? Do you, I, I, of course, predicted on the Gamescast, no mention of Prince of Persia remake. Where, what, do you ex- what do you extrapolate from the surprises? Well, Ruin the surprises. Prince of Persia remake wouldn't be a surprise, right? Uh, it looks uh, game would be a surprise a division two update wouldn't be a surprise so it's like i think the word surprise is they didn't need to say that they could have just said and more you know by saying surprise like there there is something there is a game that we do not know about that they're going to announce that's all i can really take from that because when we extrapolate that language and how the different developers and publishers have used them for these shows it started to lose its luster at some point like even recently with capcom with the resident evil events they were talking about like some big surprises you don't want to miss and it was like all right well that really was a lackluster surprise good showing of village good showing of other resident evil titles but not necessarily a surprise right so i'm not expecting too much and and that's kind of like that, that's the weirdest thing about this E3, where it's essentially taking all of last year's shit and just boiling it down into one week, which is that going to work better or worse? We'll, we'll see. But we will, we will see. I just don't know. I, I, I think that it's, it's going to be interesting to see so much condensed into one short time frame. when I don't, I think that what's going to end up happening is the hype moments are going to overshadow so much more. And there's going to be way few hype moments. Oh, okay. Do you not think it'll be easier to have a hype moment if it's like this peaks and valleys kind of thing? If it is that, okay, cool. Here's Rainbow Six Quarantine. Here's Far Cry 6. And then, boom, there is something in this presentation that, you know, is like not the biggest Ubisoft news, but is something we didn't see coming. I mean, I think that because it's right next to all the other shows, it's going to go back to how it used to be where every single press conference is just the immediate question is, Okay, how was that? And then the next question the is, next? how does it compare to the last thing and how's it going gotcha. to compare to the next? And 
you know, back in the day, that was Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, Ubisoft, Bethesda, right? Yeah, yeah. That was it that we were comparing. Now, now we're going to be Gearbox comparing. Entertainment stepping into the ring. Exactly. It's it's going to be interesting. Jeff Grubb. Yeah. What's Jeff Grubb got? So again, Better if you're joining us late or running through the schedule, it's Saturday, June 12th, 10 a.m. Pacific. It's going to be uh, you have Ubisoft, Gearbox, and Jeff Grubb's Games Beat happening in there. Let's talk about Sunday, June 13th. Uh, E3 Rides broadcast pre-show starts at 8:45 in the morning. That's Pacific, 8:45 Pacific. Microsoft's long-awaited Xbox and Bethesda game showcase will take place starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Fans can also look forward to a special, I'm sorry, two special presentations from Square Enix and the PC gaming show and the future game show. Now, if that wasn't enough, as we said, this is all on the hands of the publishers and whatever's going on with that. Square Enix tweeted out today their own stuff. Come hungry. Square Enix presents returns for E3 2021 on June 13th at 1215 p.m. Pacific time. We're serving up a world premiere from Idos Montreal, an update on Babylon's fall, and a closer look at Life is Strange, True Colors, and more. You might say, what the fuck? Where's the Avengers news? Avengers just sadly tweets on their own. Tune in to Square Enix Presents at, at, at E3 2021 on June 13th for a glimpse at upcoming events and the Marvel's Avengers expansion Black Panther War for Wakanda. Of course, I joke. You only have so many characters in a tweet. Uh, Square Enix's little uh, image that you're using mentions Avengers there. But Square Enix Presents, uh, 12.15 p.m. Pacific time. We're getting a world premiere from IDOS. Babylon's Fall, Life is Strange, True Colors, Avengers, guaranteed. Tim, what do you think of that lineup? Very, very, very excited. Sunday's the day for me, besides the Nintendo's conference, obviously. But sure. I mean, look, Microsoft and Bethesda, that's the conference, I think, with the most, like, this face emoji energy going into it. You know what I mean? Like, what's going on? How are they going to do it? I, I love it. I feel like there's so many exciting ways that they can take that showcase and um, I, I think we're going to see some really really high quality stuff from that moving on to square again it's a similar thing to the ubisoft side where it's like cool yeah a lot of this stuff is expected we're just kind of getting updates square enix has been doing its square enix present series so we know the format we know how they're going to uh present the information a lot of this tells me that we're probably not going to be getting the japanese side of square stuff as much like there won't be as much final fantasy 16 final fantasy 7 remake 2 kingdom hearts that type of shit um but that is not necessarily saying that we're not going to hear about those games at all this season i keep using the word season because it's so complicated because <laughs> i i imagine that play uh if they're going to show off Final fantasy 16 or whatever that'll be in a playstation something or other not in a square thing okay that makes sense and the Ido stuff is extremely, extremely, extremely exciting. If all the rumors are true. And of course, the rumors about. being, as they have been for a long time, don't believe Jeffy Grubgrub when he acts like he fucking invented water on this. But the rumor, of course, for Idos for years has been they're working on a Guardians of the Galaxy game. Which and it sounds amazing to me because, honestly, that's what I'd imagine I wanted from Avengers, which is just a story-based sure. superhero game. <laughs> And with so the, the big question there would be, Hell do you yeah. think it's like, so, you know, like one of the things people talk about with Avengers, obviously, especially uh, it was nailing all the different power sets. If the IDOS Montreal game is real, mm -hmm. do you think it's co-op? Do you think it's you play all the uh, Guardians in different places? Uh, if it's single, like, how do you think that breaks down gameplay wise? I'm going to tell you what I hope it is, Greg. Here we go. Here, everybody sit down, grab a stool, grab a chair. Tim Getty's going to tell you what he hopes for. I hope that it is not co-op. 
I hope that it is just single player that transitions you through characters with different gameplay abilities, kind of like the Avengers game, but just focused on telling the story and having sure. great gameplay, great level design, great things that are designed around one singular experience, not the grind, not all that other stuff, just a singular narrative experience, more similar to an Uncharted game than to Avengers. Um, but with that, if there was a co-op mode, I don't care. That That's fine. There can be that stuff. I just don't want that to be the emphasis. Sure. Yeah, I'll be fascinated to see. I think my prediction is it's single player. Uh, obviously, that's what IDOS is known for. Now, you could obviously stretch out that, of course, Crystal Dynamics wasn't known for multiplayer before Avengers. And I would also say they're probably not known for multiplayer after Avengers. Uh, but I think it's going to be single player. And then, yeah, like how you do the characters gets interesting. Because I do think you'd hop around. That would be the thing that would make sense. You have all these different characters. I want to be Drax. I want to be Rocket. I want to be uh, Peter. Yeah. I would think you hop around, yeah. But then it's but then 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 my concern would be if I'm Marvel Games, if I'm Bill Roseman, right, mm-hmm. top of the mountain, king of the castle, Bill Roseman. People are coming in, they're pitching their games. I wonder if at the pitch level, because again, Guardians, we've heard rum- rumblings about for years, just like we heard rumblings about for Avengers for years. My question then becomes, would I be like, oh well? Crystal's already doing kind of a multiplayer thing. Like, you know what I mean? There's already a game. I guess at the time too, probably when you're pitching all these ultimate Alliance three is also already hopping around. We have Spider-Man and that's, you know, insomniac and that's one character. I wonder if you do that with guardians too, but then I wonder if that robs what guardians is in terms of an IP. But it doesn't like, I think it's such a silly notion that like, Oh, there's a group of people. So that means it's multiplayer. It's like, no, (laughs) like Hmm. it could totally just be designed around. I wasn't even talking about multiplayer. I was talking about if you're, I think it's going to be a solo game, but I'm saying, are you putting in a solo perspective was my, more my thing. Are you limiting it to one character and telling the story through that lore? Just only Starlet? No, I I don't think so. I I mean, I think if anything, it'd be similar kind of to the NetherRealm games where you play through in the story mode for Mortal Kombat or for, uh, you know, the DC. uh, Yeah, not Infamous, Injustice, where it's like there's a story that's happening and then based on each mission or each fight, you kind of get to choose one of the two that are involved in that mission or whatever. I imagine it'll be kind of like that where there are missions that Groot and Rocket are off doing their own thing. You get to choose which one of them you are on that mission or whatever. That sounds really good and exciting to me. And I, I think it's interesting where we got it's Crystal, it's Square. They're working on a Marvel property next to Avengers. And I know that it like Crystal gets kind of complicated because there's Eidos Montreal and all that stuff. Right. So it's right. like, yeah. am I mistaking this? Well, I don't you you lost me on what you're right. getting complicated about. Just uh like to the general public, like to people that are like looking at this game, it's gonna be extremely compared to Avengers. Because sure, I mean, like, depending on what it is, yeah. And depending on how, like, it's even, like, marketed in terms of box art and stuff, it's going to look very similar. People are going to be like, oh, this is just more of that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to separate when it's, like, when the logos are all the same logos on the thing. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah okay. okay it's sure, it's Crystal that's wor- would be working on this, right? I don't uh, Crystal Eidos... Dynamics makes Avengers. Eidos Montreal is going to theoretically make Guardians. Yeah, okay. That's, okay. that's it. Those are the logos you'd be talking about. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Moving on. But yeah, we'll see soon enough, I guess. Uh, and that's not even it. That's the, the We were still going through the schedule here. So again, uh, Xbox, Bethesda, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Square Enix, uh, 12, 15 p.m. Pacific time. Then, well, I guess we do have one of them here. Then uh, in terms of the way the E3 wrote their schedule thing right here, Warner Brothers Games, Back for Blood, and 24 Entertainment will also be featured. Uh, uh, 24 Entertainment followed up on Twitter uh, for... Uh, 
Naraka blade point and said, on your mark, get set, go. E3, uh, set your alarm for 9.30 a.m. Pacific on June 13th for uh, Naraka blade point breaking news at the e- at E3 showcase, E3 2021. So it looks like then now for looking at it, pre-show starts at 8.45. Then we know at 9.30, there'll be the Naraka blade point thing. Then at 10 a.m., we'll get Xbox Bethesda. Then at 12.15, we'll get Square Enix Presents. And we still got to get Warner Brothers games and Back for Blood into the mix somewhere there. Warner Brothers games. Interesting. What are they going to yeah. have? What could it be? I don't know. Especially Warner, with the, the place they're in right now with the, the, the buyings and sellings and acquisitions and mergers and all that. Like... It's just weird because it could be Lego Skywalker Saga and that's it. But there's also a ton of games they could talk about. Also well, a ton of games they could announce. Is, I don't understand. And I'm one of the hosts, obviously. And so I wouldn't, uh, like, I don't know. I know things, but I wouldn't talk about things I don't know. Warner Brothers games, comma, back for blood and 24 Entertainment. 24 Entertainment, obviously, is its own thing. But Warner Brothers games publishes back for blood. So it's weird that they're I, that they're I guess they're doing a Warner Brothers game segment and then also a Back for Blood all by itself segment. It's an interesting way to say it. Is all you think? Do you think that comma maybe was supposed to be an apostrophe? Yes, be Warner Brothers not, they're not. Well, I mean, this is why everybody should be and... using the Oxford comma. Everybody should use the fucking Oxford comma because it I could agree. be that they're not, they're not using the Oxford comma here and that screws it up in the press release. But I don't know. But what we know, Warner Brothers Games, Back for Blood, 24 Entertainment will all be featured. What exactly that means, I don't know. So anyways, dialing back, Warner Brothers Entertainment for you, what do you think that means? Is it just Back for Blood, or are you thinking you get Harry Potter? Are you thinking you get some of the Batman stuff, even though, of course, I mean, you know, they're talking about Suicide Squad, Gotham Knights, even though, of course, the no, the Dome is back. We have DC Fandom coming we up. We do here. have the Fandom, which is honestly important to, to note. And, you know, based on the cadence of their announcements and where those games all probably are at, I can imagine them not wanting to get lost in this E3 week of a bazillion announcements and just focus on the stuff that wouldn't fit in the DC fandom, like Lego games and, and yeah. other things like that. Having said that, there is NetherRealm. What have they been up to? You know, I was predicting the Marvel vs. DC situation, which I know is crazy, but... If they um, can fucking do that, dude. Yeah. And, don't, make, and, don't let me dream. Don't let me dream about that. I'm letting you dream, Greg. I'm letting you do it. But even if it's a Marvel game, if it, like there's a lot of things that can come up. But I feel like we're going to get Nether Realm something or other, and that's Warner Brothers. The, the sure. weird thing about this schedule, and we talked about it at the top of the show, but it's like there's information, but there's not enough information. Like now that Square and UB and all of them have come out and been like, Here, we're doing Square Enix Presents, we're doing Ubisoft Forward. They've had established things that we understand, so they can just announce them with a time, and we're like, cool, we get what that is. What's a Warner Brothers game game say? Yeah. Is it just a panel or is it actually a conference? And later we're going to talk about Capcom. It's the same thing. Like uh, we've never had a Capcom press conference. Capcom just appears in other places. So that will define what my expectations are for what Warner Brothers games are showing. Because they could just show off one game and that's Warner Brothers games was there. I don't think we're going to get a conference from them. Yeah. I don't know what it means. Like I don't, I, to that point. And so, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. But the fact that they're there is cool. What it means is interesting. Is it? And I'm still confused if it's Back for Blood's part of it or if it's its own thing. But I guess we don't have to wait long. That, of course, is Sunday, June 13th. Um, let's move to Monday, June 14th. Uh, E3 writes, broadcast pre-show starts at 8 a.m. Pacific. It's getting earlier and earlier. And then the official uh, dialogue starts this way. Alongside press conferences from several indie developers, presentations from... Take-Two Interactive, Mythical Games, Freedom Games, Razer, and Capcom will take place throughout the day. 
So right there, press conferences from several indie devs, presentations from Take-Two, Mythical Games, Freedom Games, Razer, and Capcom take place throughout the day. Uh, Then I'm just going to toss this in there. Uh, Verizon and Intellivision will also be featured along with the session with Venn. So that's the run of show of what's happening on that day. This is, at least as we went to live today, the one I have the least information on for you in terms of people commenting. Uh, The one comment I got was a press release from Freedom Games who wrote this. On Monday, June 14th at 12.30 p.m. Pacific, the Freedom Games E3 segment will air on all official event broadcasts running for 15 minutes. The Freedom Showcase will highlight more than 10 upcoming titles in this 15 minutes. That's Greg editorializing there. Freedom Games will unveil trailers highlighting new content, launch windows, and additional platforms for titles, including One Lonely Outpost, the farming sim set on a barren alien planet. Uh, Coromon, the modern monster taming RPG from Tragsoft. Airborne Kingdom, the sky city builder from a wandering band. Uh, Anuchard, I gotta figure out how to say that by the time we get there. A powerful RPG. Dreamscaper, the surreal blah, blah, blah. After Murder Studios, uh, in Cat Cafe Manager, the charming sim from Roost Games about restoring a family's feline-focused bistro. Also planned for the showcase is a possum update uh, on To the Rescue, the heartfelt dog shelter simulator simulator, no, sh- dog shelter management simulator uh, from developer Little Rock Games, and gameplay footage and details on the charity partnership with the Pet Finder Foundation. Freedom Games will also spotlight world first gameplay videos for Sands of Aurora, uh, Tower Rush, man, a whole bunch of games that I've never heard of. Not that that matters, the E3 is the time to come show your thing, but. This is an interesting one where Freedom Games was the Freedom Freedom and Mythical Games stood out to me when I was reading this originally. And I guess yeah. if you go back the day before 24 Entertainment, like it's interesting to see these smaller publisher labels being put in here with Take Two Interactive. It is, man. It really is. And uh, you know, it, it's there's a delicate balance when it comes to production and when it comes to people's attention and when it comes to the, just their their brain space when it comes to having this marketing and these commercials be thrown at them. And at some point it just becomes noise. Even if we're talking about the big guys, like I I don't know what that balance looks like, but I feel like this, the balance is off here with this on this Monday with what they're talking about with freedom games. Good that they're coming forward and saying a lot of things are going to be there for people that are interested to look into it uh, prior or if people are excited about these things. But I just think that putting these indie developer shows in between some of these other ones, this many, is like, uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And I think this is the delicate line like you just talked about. Everybody walks. And it's the chat won't be kind to Freedom Games. But the my question then becomes, does that matter? Because the chat wouldn't be kind. In, there's going to be the thing about E3 and what they're doing this year that I appreciate, especially as somebody who they've hired to host it, is that it's the one-stop shop. You put it on YouTube, you put it on Twitch, you put it on IG, and you put it on the kind of funny reactions of it, right? And there's and I, even I don't know if you guys are reacting to everything, but there's this you know running news network of shows happening, right? It's you know not 24/7, but the idea is that you want the place you watch it all. It's going, and so that kind of shit was already happening last year. Where it would be, right? All right, Ubisoft ended, and then it's going to be, and I'm just throwing off there. I don't remember the run of show. The PC gaming show, and then it's limited run, and then, you know, this is happening, and then Devolver's doing this. So you had to click around and find all that stuff, and if you didn't want to, you didn't want to. And so I do feel that Mythical Games, Freedom Games, and this is not me saying they don't need to be part of E3. I like that they're part of E3. But the chat is going to be... Bathroom break, when's take two, when's Capcom? They're still reacting or screaming about something that happened in the presentation before. I still think it gets eyes on your games the right way, but you bring up the great point, Tim, of 
how much attention can you give? This is what we, uh, how much bandwidth does anybody have in general for what it is? I think back to last year at E3 or, you know, E3 summer games mess and how many presentations we've watched and how many small indies. I was like, that game looks awesome. I can't wait to play it. And now I can't even tell you what that game's name is or if it ever came out or where it was or what happened to it. And bigger than that, it's like, not only was that your experience, that was your experience when that was the one or two conferences we watched that day. This is going to be the 17th conference we've watched in a three-day span. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I, I just feel like they're really not doing themselves too many favors with this. And I think that I, I'm being critical here just because I want this stuff to work. And I think sure. that we are taking steps forward. And when we look at the Game Awards the last 10 years, from where they were to where they are now, it's like there's definitive proof of growth and of it turning into every year turning closer and closer into something that we actually all think it should be and know it deserves to be and i think that e3 unfortunately is starting that process now and i think that and i say e3 but i also mean summer game fest i also mean the entire thing and i just i personally am a little annoyed at the fact that monday starts at 8 a.m pt sunday starts at 8 45 saturday starts at 10 a.m it's like EA or uh, ESA, yes, you're yes. in control of this. Like, yeah, you could have just put parameters around it to the the developers and publishers and been like, E3 is a show from this time to this time every day. Do you want to be a part of it? Cool. Let's schedule you in a place that works. And instead, it just kind of feels like it doesn't feel like it's consistent, and it feels like a mess. You know, and it, it yeah. I just feel like you need to kind of present things with a level of panache and a level of like. All of this matters equally. That's how that works. That's how this works. That's how the indies next to the big uh, dog titles sure. actually get remembered and actually get seen is when there's real focus being put on them and there's emphasis being put on their quality with take two. But when it is just kind of like, it's all here, man, and this is going to be at this time and this is going to be at that time. This is just what happened last year, but instead over four months in one week. Four days. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like an overcorrection in some ways, but we'll see. Hopefully I'm really wrong and we still don't actually know what this is going to end up looking like. So maybe this is great. I, I, I think at a boilerplate level of where you're at right now, I do think it would serve the audience better to be like, guess what? E3 is the 12th through the 15th. And guess what? It starts at 9 a.m. Pacific every day. Tune in for the pre-show or the, the run a show with Greg, Alex, and Jackie. Then we get into the first couple conferences. And that I feel like that shit can move. And not to, again, this is to dial it even back, right? There was so much conversation on games Twitter throughout for the past weeks of like, how do we not have a schedule? Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, well, you know the days are and you also know they're all digital. So you kind of like, we have all these placeholders on the calendar, right? For like, all right, or, you know, Blessing and Andy and all, we're going to be reacting in here. We just have to figure it out and it sucks to ju- juggle our schedules, but it is E3 and how does it all work? Like, I'm with you and I think your Game game Award analogy is great. Where Game, Award, we, game Awards, we have seen get dialed in, dialed in, dialed in to be the juggernaut of a show it is. And so here we are with E3 and Summer Game Fest, right? Uh, trying to still do that in Gen 1 right now, trying to figure out what this looks like going forward. Yeah, and again, it's it's the producer in me that like really gets just kind of, I look at this stuff and I'm just like, oh, but like really, like you have a goal, you have a key performance indicator, the KPI, and I feel like you're going to miss the mark when instead of focusing on the three indie games that you're like, we really want to put these 
juggernaut indie games against these other things because people the audience is going to love it instead they're like oh we're going to have like this whole section is i'm like i'm missing the name right now freedom games freedom what games. does freedom games mean to people you know until it means something it's it just means nothing we don't know what freedom games is we know what capcom means we know what take two means do you get do you get my point here oh 100 like need to earn that space until, but here's uh, the one thing i would just, say about the freedom games thing is i like that they also say it's 15 minutes like you understand that this is 15 minutes of smaller games. Now, granted, they're going to be that means they're going to come to you like this. They're going, which is what we did with the game, uh, a kind of funny game showcase of indies. But it is like, hey, we're not. I, I appreciate that they're like, we're not Xbox, we're not Bethesda, we're not taking 90 minutes of your time. It is going to be something here that, yeah, if you want this to be your bathroom break, fine. But if you, I do want to know more about Cat Cafe Manager. I do. I, I've heard about To the Rescue. Like, I do want to see what this shit's all about. Like. But I hear you, yeah, I'm with you of like, what does the balance look like and how do, you know, you keep it entertaining and that'll be the thing of the host job too on this and what we're doing in between all these segments. So we'll have to wait yeah. and see. People in the chat are saying, but like, this is how you get Freedom Games to become a thing. I disagree. I think it's a slight change, but I think that if there was a segment that ESA, E3 was pushing as like the E3 indie showcase, yeah. that means more. And in that showcase, have a bunch of indie games, have the indie developers kind of put their best thing forward and really proudly talk about, I'm, we are Freedom Games and here's what we're showing. We are Mythical Games and here's what we're showing. That is the type of stuff where we build association then with who these uh, publishers and developers sure. are so that eventually they can be a, become a devolver, where devolver means something. We know what that looks like, right? This yeah. is just kind of like, it feels like it's filling space. In a in a in a show that does not need space filled, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, especially when you, I mean, again, you have to wait and see. But as from an announcement level, as you get out there and go right, like like what is Verizon segment? I don't know. And that is wait and exactly see. Exactly <laughs> like, my point. That's exactly. Is anybody point. looking at this What's and going, Verizon "Oh segment? shit, fucking Verizon's there"? No, but Verizon's paying bills, man. They're they're yeah. that's a sponsored thing if I've ever seen it. Or not sponsored, but it's a paid for thing. Too, huh? But it's but it's like cool. Like I understand. This is the same thing as Game Awards. That has to happen for these things to of work. Course. There has to be money coming in. There has to be deals being made. And maybe Freedom Games paid for some stuff to be able to show off all their indie games because this is an amazing platform for them. Absolutely, it is. This is huge. And to be able to even say our game's at E3, that's big. That means something. So it's like, I understand why things are being done. I just think they can be done better. And I think that they will one day. One day. We're still in the throes of this E3 schedule. Let's move to Tuesday, June 15th. This is the final day of E3. Broadcast pre-show starts at 8 a.m. Pacific time. It's another early morning. Uh, the last day of E3 will include Nintendo's Nintendo Direct and Nintendo Treehouse Live programming starting at 9 a.m. Pacific. Bandai Namco, Eureka Games, and GameSpot will also have focused events. Uh, the broadcast will round out with the official E3 2021 awards. I appreciate that they kept Nintendo on Tuesday. <laughs> Nintendo's yeah. like, we still got our old spot. Let ours, us in. Baby. We will do this. Uh, what do you think of this final games day lineup games day E3 games day lineup? Oh my God. I mean, besides the Microsoft and square day, this is the one to keep your eye on man. Nintendo. Like there's so many X factors there and it could be disappointing as hell, or it could be amazing or it could be somewhere in between. I think no matter what it's exciting because we don't know what's going on with Nintendo. There's a lot of rumors swirling. We do know there are games announced breath of the wild Two, Bayonetta three, Metroid Prime 4 are all games that we know are coming at some point. We just don't know when and where. So all of those could be here or none of them. I expect we'll see Breath of the Wild. 
I expect we'll see something Metroid. Uh, but more than that, Sorry, real quick, Stu, I know you. You oh, it's happened on the show while we weren't together, so I know you're reca- you're recounting at some point. Are you still of the belief Switch Pro gets announced before this event? That because they put out the thing of where our Nintendo Direct will be software focused. Look, the the reality is I have been following Nintendo for my entire life when sure, it comes to reading forums or you know like like follow as the internet has progressed, following people on Twitter that seem to be in the know and all that stuff. People that I trust. And people get things wrong all the time and things change all the time. And something that I've learned uh, in my years following Nintendo on a more professional side is Nintendo of America, Nintendo of Japan, very different things. And sometimes the, you know, the lines are crossed uh, between them and they're not necessarily on the same page of what we can know and what other people can know and all that. So having said that, I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding and and rumors started that might've started from a a seed of truth. But once it gets to... Uh, an insider it's been twisted enough through the game of telephone that it's not necessarily true other friends around that then pick that up and then all of a sudden it seems like a lot of people are saying oh the switch is going to be announced before uh e3 but really yeah. the source of that was one on the one from one person that was wrong that was based on in truth but it's wrong right so having said that all the people i trust the most are still standing by it's going to be before e3 so with that i trust that but it could not happen and I think that we're running out of time for it to happen. Today Here's my question. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so from beyond, uh, you say, you covered the gamut of there, of what you think about that. What do you think for Bandai Namco? Do you think they have, I mean, is this Elden Ring's big time to shine? Why not, right? <laughs> so somebody's got to throw Tamor Hussein a bone. Yeah, I mean, look, that's another game like the ones I just mentioned where it's like, we know it's coming. That game's not going to be canceled. It's going to happen. So we're yeah. going to hear about it at some point. The world's in a weird fucking place right now. So it's like any patterns or any type of understanding that we have based on prior history of how they announce things is out the window. So I didn't go anywhere. I think it's about time. I think we see it. I think that Elden Ring is the type of game that doesn't need to be talked about as a, here's the deep dive. It's coming in November. I, the audience is there. They just want anything. And that's proof by earlier, you're talking about the E3 chat is not going to be kind to the indies. Not only are they not going to be kind, every other word's just going to be Elden Ring like sure. over and over. And that's for all of the conferences because that's the internet right now. And like, that is specifically the people online that watch these conferences and, and chat on Twitch, yeah, yeah. right? They want Elden Ring. Everyone knows that. I wouldn't be surprised if Bandai Namco is like, fine, we'll give them something and let's, let's keep this, let's keep this type going. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Uh, final day tuesday june 15th 8 a.m nintendo's direct at 9 a.m uh, bandai namco eureka games eureka games uh GameSpot, hopefully lucy james uh and then the official e3 awards uh right now they also released some fan access information i'll read real quick fan access registration begins today for fans around the globe to access the e3 online portal and app beginning on saturday june 12th the portal will provide access to select exhibitor booths featuring special events vod content and articles exhibitor booths will act as hubs within the portal for key announcement and game or product information tied to participating exhibitors Exhib- uh, the full list of exhibitors and virtual booths will be found on the e3 website lounges online gathering spots for all e3 attendees forums special boards for focused online discussion and sharing among attendees leaderboards gamified elements that can be collected and displayed encouraging fans to interact in as many ways as possible profile creation all attendees can create and customize their own unique profiles Tim, 
That is E3 2021 at a schedule level. Are you hyped? I am extremely hyped for E3. I think that all of the fan access and the registration, all that stuff has been really, really, really poorly handled so far. And I think that it's going to be a foot forward, not a best foot forward uh, next week. And we're going to experience it. But I, again, going back to it, I think two, three years from now, this could be freaking incredibly awesome. This could be sure. cool. And it and we need to be patient with that type of stuff. It's like we need to understand that the industry is shifting. It is becoming a hybrid model of digital and real events. And that is going to benefit the most people possible, where there eventually is going to be a way that it's not just lip service, but people watching at home will be able to get the same hands-on demos that we get to play at E3, sure. you know, up to their discretion and all of that. But the more that stuff's normalized, the better the industry is going to be as a whole and the more options the developers and publishers are going to have to control their own message and put it out the way they want to. And I think just across the board, that could just make everything better and more structured and just to work the way we want it to. Yeah. Obviously, it. I'm hosting E3, uh, remember, uh, Saturday, the June 12th through uh, Tuesday, June 15th, alongside Jackie and Golden Boy. I'm super excited for the the stuff here and to see how it all comes together and what kind of show we put on for it. Uh, in terms of the fan access stuff, like, I'm right there with you of, like, I, 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 yeah, maybe one day that plays out into something, but, like, right now, the only thing that sounds exciting on the fan access would be exhibitor booths, and I would say I'm using exciting loosely there in terms of what does that look like and what do you get from that, yada, yada, yada. Lounges, forums, leaderboards, nah. No, thanks. But when it is, yeah, you can do it. But if you can watch everything on Twitch, you can watch everything on YouTube. I'm not seeing the reason to get into a fan access of a thing for E3 2021. But that's beside yeah. the point. I think the content's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be interesting. And I can't wait to see it. Absolutely. You know, not to belabor this, but I just want to say it's like I love that this is something different. I, as stressed out as it makes me and as critical as I am about the decisions made and how little information we have, um, I am excited to see what it ends up being because I, this is something I've wanted forever is a focused show that has everybody kind of competing right next to each other. I just, the keywords focus. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to focus on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Of course, on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the show ad free and you can, of course, get that post show we do each and every weekday. But you're not listening on patreon.com slash kind of funny games right now. So let me tell you about our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. Dinner, check. Deodorant, check. Morning pick-me-up from Dunkin', check. Get everything you need whenever you need it with DoorDash. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you you need with DoorDash to get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered to you in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want, where you want it from, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from local national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. How do I, Greg Miller, know so much about DoorDash? Well, I use DoorDash. 
DoorDash all the time. In fact, I used it this morning. Jen woke up uh, and was like, you know what? I really want a bagel. We ordered bagels here. I'm, I'm using the Dash Pass, so I don't even pay for delivery fees, but that's not even what they want me to talk about in this ad. They just want you to know that DoorDash is rad, and I can confirm, because I'm Greg Miller, and I ate bagels with it today. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use the code GAMESCA. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 and GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash, subject to change terms apply. Our next sponsor, ladies and gentlemen, why it is Magic Spoon. Guess what? When you were growing up, you probably loved cereal. You said yum, yum, yum as you put it in your tum, tum, tum. But then you became an adult and you started looking at all the stuff that's in cereal. You started looking at all the nutritional values and you said, no, this is all sugary garbage and I won't have it. Well, don't worry about that anymore. Magic Spoon is here to save the day. You can cut down on the carbs, the sugar, the unhealthy food, all with Magic Spoon. Zero grams of sugar, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Also, only 140 characters. You can try Magic Spoon's best-selling flavors in a four-flavor variety pack, including cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. So so cocoa, which is chocolate, but not chocolate. Uh, Fruity, frosted, peanut butter. Why do we know so much about these flavors? Well, it's because Gia's friend has been using uh, uh, Magic Spoon, and she has been enjoying it. She says it's delicious. She likes, uh, I believe, fruity the best is what she said. And I I sound like I would like that one too because that sounds like my kind of flavor. You've heard my stories of me eating cereal dry out of a cup. I don't know. You want to put milk on your magic spoon? That's your own business. Greg Miller is going to, I'm going to eat it raw when I get it. Just right into the cup, right into my mouth. Let me taste all the fruity flavors. It's keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb, and GMO free. Click the link below to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use the promo code KFGD at checkout to get 5% off any order or go to magicspoon.com slash KFGD. That's right, audio listeners. I'm not gonna leave you out, leave you in the lurch. You're in a car right now. Magicspoon.com slash KFGD. Don't worry about the link below. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund, 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 refund your money, no questions asked. So click the link below and use the code KFGD for $5 off or go to Magicspoon.com slash KFGD to save $5 today. We should have that music play the entire show. It's just so peaceful, Tim. I like it. Number two on the Roper Report, we have follow-ups to yesterday's Herman Hulse big adventure. Uh, If you remember yesterday, uh, Herman went over on the PlayStation blog, uh, put up a giant uh, interview over there talking about uh, God of War being delayed, talking about trying to make Horizon come out this year, talking about things that is going on at Sony Bend. We have a couple updates from the different studios. We'll start with Sony Bend. Of course, yesterday it was confirmed Sony Bend is working on a new IP. Sony Bend put out the following message uh, yesterday after Kind of Funny Games Daily. We are beyond grateful for your support with Days Gone and are truly honored by the amount of passion our community has shared with us for our world and characters. Your enthusiasm motivates us to continue to improve and create experiences that will last a lifetime. From the Siphon Filter series to Resistance Retribution, yeah, to Uncharted Golden Abyss, yeah, and Days Gone, we are very excited to announce today that we are expanding the Ben Studio portfolio with a brand new IP. 
We hope you embark on this new journey with us. We can't wait to show you what we've been working on. Again, in that PlayStation blog slash blogcast interview, Herman talked about uh, Sony been taking the learnings, their open world learnings of Days Gone and applying it to a new IP. Timothy Geddes, how does this hit you? You know, I, I think that it's really cool what Sony did yesterday. And uh, it's an example of kind of being part of the times and adapting and changing and really kind of looking at the landscape of where things are at. And, you know, right before E3, right before everyone else is competing, we already knew Sony wasn't going to be a part of it. Last week for them to have their state of play, show off Horizon, show how dope that looks, show that like Hell yeah. you, there's a reason to be a PlayStation fan. Uh, that's great. And then for this, this kind of more like playstation blog type stuff but not just one blog post it being kind of like a lot of different updates uh across their 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 studios i think is interesting where they gave a lot more information than we would have even got in a state of play right it was like more of- it was more honest and more human right which i think these what these companies miss and herman is a great uh, talking head for playstation and we've talked about this a million times on ps i love you that they don't have a phil spencer and that that hurts them that makes them look like the big corporation that they're just over there grinding and so when stories come out about you know uh, japan studio closing about people uh, leaving companies because they're not allowed to do what they want to do having herman come out and talk about the fact that hey guess what god of war isn't happening because of course the pandemic and we don't want to burn our team out hey guess what horizon they're trying but it might not happen because we're putting our team's uh, health above anything else like that goes really far and then saying these things and then letting the companies actually respond about it yeah. helps it's it's awesome and i think that you know this is something we've we've never really seen before in the industry but it's something that we've we've wanted to see for a long time it's just a transparency of even just knowing what studios are working on what or what they're planning on working on yeah. where i i'm guy number one that wants a big surprise and wants to be like oh shit it's god of war ragnarok like i can't believe this this announcement was made whatever but Things like this where Sony Bend is has been proving itself over the years, right? We have a lot of Sony studios that have been in this kind of like, they've been around and then they move on to the next stage of like, okay, we're really proving ourselves. And then they hit that stage of like, we're putting out Horizon, we're putting out God of War 2018. Like we've graduated to this new, like Naughty Dog putting out like Last of Us, right? Big change for the the, the teams. I think Bend is in that stage where they, they can... It, it Sony Ben now means something. So it's sure. exciting that they're working on a new IP because now when PlayStation has events, we're not going to be watching it being like, like when we were making predictions, it's not going to be like, oh, like is Days Gone 2 going to be there or like what's Sony Ben doing? It's going to be like, will Sony Ben's new IP be shown off? Like that's just, that's a much more fun conversation to have and they're allowing us to have it. They're telling us that that is the conversation because that is what's going down. Agreed uh continuing on with that right kevin if you want to toss this one up i have a link for you team asobi uh of course was part of the thing they talked about yesterday uh herman talked about expanding that of course when we talked about the dissolution of what japan studio really meant it was forming around team asobi of course you know the astros playroom people uh there's a blog post up about it revealing their new logo but here's a couple paragraphs from it following the release of astros playroom on ps5 uh, team asobi is now spreading its wings and growing bigger this is a very exciting time for the team and we are very much looking forward to this next chapter we want to take this chance to thank all of you the playstation fans for your kind words of support over the years especially since astro made its big debut on the playstation 5 alongside the dualsense wireless controller while we are growing and challenging bigger things uh, our mission at heart remains the same as ever bring you playstation magic innovation and put smiles on your faces with fun colorful games of all ages to go alongside this news we are proud to show our new logo which you can see in our future productions uh we
Sorry about that. Hit the wrong button. I assure you their new logo is not the kind of funny intro. Uh, I'm sorry. Throw up the colorful logo. There it is. There it is. <laughs> you see it right there. Uh, right there, obviously. Yeah, again, doubling down on Astro as they should. I want more Astrobot games. Let's go. Me too. I love it. Astrobot was utterly fantastic. And I definitely need some more of that in my life. Love this logo. Love that they're treating the team this special. Like, I love that they're like really trying to make it. Like, look, this is one of our studios and we care about them. And you should too, right? Like, build out the, the ethos of what it means to be a PlayStation fan. Yep. Um, love this love the look of it all one thing that that i'm like damn i'm a fake ass fan uh in the blog post they were saying that like uh old school playstation fans will get some references in the logo and yeah. i don't know what they're talking about but that's just me don't someone let me know the next one comes from ign uh matt perslow over there had a, a message from gorilla of course gorilla was a big part of it yesterday horizon forbidden west right uh coming in and talking about uh the fact that it's going to be maybe this year it's also going to be well we knew it was going to be cross-gen or whatever uh but mainly the fact that they're trying whatever blah, blah. uh doubling down on that game informer had an interview uh with matthias de jong over from uh gorilla uh usually you know i like to cite uh, what's actually happening with it, right? I like to go in and be like, hey, uh, here's what Game Informer wrote. Game Informer put up a video, so I'm reading Matt Perslow's thing, right? Back to it, sorry. As revealed by the game director, uh, in an interview with Game Informer, development on Horizon Forbidden West has used the PlayStation 4 console, and so it's designed with that hardware in mind. Quote, a lot of the development has taken place on the PlayStation 4, and a lot of playtesting has been done on the PlayStation 4, said Dijon. Uh, so we are ensuring that owners of the console have a great experience, and the game will look fantastic on that console. For the PlayStation 5, we can go much further, of course, he added. Visually, we can add a lot more detail. Graphically, the rendering technique for the underwater scenes is special for the PlayStation 5. It has extra details and extra systems. Like the wave technique is better on that system, end quote. As well as improved water and environmental details, the PlayStation 5 version is able to make use of a cinematic-grade lighting system that the PS4 can only use in cutscenes. Quote, the lighting on Aloy on PlayStation 5 has much more definition. We use special cinematic lighting rig that on the, that on the PlayStation 4 can only be used in cutscenes because the game is not running and we have more processing power in those scenes. But with the PlayStation 5, we have plenty of processing power, so we can have that lighting rig always available. So she always looks great with that lighting setup traveling with her anywhere, end quote. Additionally, as noted on Twitter account Nibel, uh, an interview with French YouTuber Julian Chize also revealed that the PS5 version supports a 60 frames per second performance mode. It's unclear what sacrifices will be made to achieve that 60 frames per second, but based on Sony's other games, it is likely to be reduced resolution and the absence of hardware-intensive lighting effects. Tim, what do you want to say about this one? There's a lot to say, Greg, and I feel like this might be a topic for another day on a Gamescast or something, but this the whole talk of next-gen versus current-gen versus, like, the games being cross-gen versus not cross-gen, does this actually Druvenator did write in calling Sony's bullshit about the whole, like, do we need to apologize to Xbox kind of thing since Xbox or PlayStation was very much we believe in generations and Xbox got raked over the coals for saying they were, they were going to do cross-gen content for a while, but I, you can boil it down. That can be a bigger topic on Gamescast or whatever. Yeah, I definitely think it should be. I, I think that the the starting point for me and in going into the conversation is I, I don't think anyone's a liar. Things were said, the world changed. <laughs> so it's like I'm not I'm not too hooked and 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 like caring about like a lot of the statements that especially some of the big wig guys, like what Jim Ryan said a couple of years ago about the PlayStation 5. It's like 
I don't give a shit because I honestly don't really think it's that credible or representative of what the teams actually are working on and doing. Yeah, and that's unfortunate, but that's the reality. That's how I see it for sure. Um, but anyways, I, I do want to, after we get through all the E3 stuff, I think this will be an interesting games cast topic. There you go. Uh, real quick to BG two, five, eight, 80 wrote into kind of funny dot cots dot BG. 2580 wrote into kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to say possible missed news. Horizon Forbidden West is 60 frames per second on the PS5. You wrote in during the fucking ad. You knew there were three stories on the fucking Roper report. You wrote in after the first story about E3 trying to you're wrong me on this. BG2580, I want you to take your hands off the keyboard and think about your fucking life and just trust in Greg Miller. Trust in Kind of Funny for one fucking second. You know what I mean? Jesus, everybody trying to ride me. You know what I mean? Yak, yak, yak in my ear, Tim. Let me host the fucking show. If you're new to the show, this is all fun and games. We we are just having a good time. Everybody calm down. (laughs) Number three, Tim, this is just for you. Quantic Dream becomes the first French video game studio equipped with Dolby Atmos. Dolby Laboratories, a leading in immersive entertainment technologies, and Quantic Dream, independent French video game developer and publisher, announced that they have worked together to include this innovative technology in the new Quantic Dream Sound Studio, which becomes the first French video game studio equipped with Dolby Atmos. Uh, It goes on and on like this. This is a press release that I thought I started to archive immediately. And I was like, wait a second. Tim is obsessed with Dolby. But then also, wait a second. Does this hint that they're doing more stuff with Xbox since Dolby and Xbox are now in bed together? That's the most interesting thing, Greg. This is funny. Earlier, when you gave the tease of like, this might mean something, I was like, what could that possibly be? Absolutely here. Quantic Dreams, we always associate with PlayStation. But a couple years ago, they They said said that that they're 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 not third party. They're not necessarily tied to them and they're interested in exploring options. I don't necessarily think this means that it's 100% like going to be an Xbox exclusive or even like built with Dolby Atmos specifically in mind. Um, And I, I do wonder, I don't have the info on this, but I do imagine that developing for Dolby Atmos can be easily translated to PlayStation's temporal 3D, 3D audio. That's 3D one of the things, stuff. again, there's all this stuff in here talking about, you know, oh, this next generation is innovative, blah, blah, Dolby. And then they had this one, transforming entertainment, Dolby Atmos places sounds all around players with three-dimensional precision so that they can react faster and more accurately. So you assume that, yeah, that would still benefit you with the temporal audio 3D stuff. Mark certainly yeah. wants a photo in my ear. It's, it's absolute bullshit that Dolby Atmos is going to be tied to exclusivity on Xbox for gaming. This is the, a, a perfect example of the type of tech that needs to be everywhere in order for it to be supported and adopted or else it's going to die. And it, that sucks. It's like this is the type of thing necessary to make video games better as a whole. Now, hold on. Every, the chat's saying it was debunked. It's not exclusive. Xbox, Dolby. You see, we have a thing called kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, Chad. It's a free fucking site any of you can go to and put links into rather than just going, it was debunked. (laughs) Yo, I know they're only in story one, but are there any more stories on this, Joey? It's me, BG2580. Hey, Hey, it's me, the guy in chat. I don't know how to use you wrong. Get out of here. Help us. 
Oh my God, Katie G writes it and says, in case you missed it, Andrea had a baby. We know, Katie G. <laughs> That's a throwback. That's a throwback to Monday's episode. Uh, here we go. Gadget, okay, here we go. And Gadget writes, uh, this is Xbox doesn't have an exclusive agreement for Dolby Vision and Atmos updated. You still need to pay a license fee to use Atmos audio with headphones on Xbox or consoles or PC. Okay, that's obvious. Here's the update from June 1st. There we go. I got confused because it was one slash six, and I'm a simple American. Okay. Uh, Microsoft <laughs> January sixth. This kind yeah. of yeah. Uh, Microsoft published a blog post yesterday claiming it had a two year console exclusivity window for Adobe Vision and Adobe Atmos. Today, the company says it was published in error and that there's no exclusivity agreement. Here's the full statement from a Microsoft spokesperson. A blog post was mistakenly published by a local Xbox team that included inaccurate information regarding exclusivity of Dolby Atmos and Vision. Uh, there is no exclusivity agreement of either tech on Xbox. We're proud to partner with Dolby to offer them on to gamers on Xbox. And we'll have more to share about the general availability of Dolby Vision on Xbox Series X slash S soon. Cool. That's great. Um, but I still want confirmation of it on PlayStation. Sure. But this this is definitely a huge, huge, huge step in the right direction, and I am extremely happy that this got taken back. Although weird that Microsoft's leaking weird wrong information. <laughs> I feel like this isn't the first time in the last couple of years this has happened. Here's what I'll say is that we saw over what uh Monday? Yeah, Monday was a holiday, but I feel like it was the weekend. Paris Lily had a dinner with Aaron Greenberg and Phil Spencer. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he leaked this information there to make PlayStation look bad and bump, bump up the X-Cast numbers. And I won't have that on my watch. Tim, I also mm-hmm. won't have the lack of release dates on my watch. If I wanted some release dates and new dates and what came to the mom and grop shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today. Stallion, Astallion, 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 uh, Tears of the Earth, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, The Last Spell, PC, Wing of Darkness, PS4, Switch, PC, Tour de France 2021, PS4, Xbox One, PC, Sunblaze on Switch, Warhammer Vermintide 2 Chaos Wastes, Xbox One, Wing of Darkness on PC, which I already said, but it's here again, Until We Die on PC, Slipways, PC and Mac, Power of 10, PC and Mac, Critters for Sale, PC, Chroma quarter neon switch uh infinite tanks world war ii switch mystic pillars a story-based puzzle game switch uh wick uh switch haunted dawn the zombie apocalypse switch motif switch dungeons of clay switch free cell solitaire collection switch basketball club story switch reversi let's go switch uh winds of change switch Ark concludes final chapter with Ark Genesis Part 2, now available. Dead by Daylight fans today uh, are getting the Moment of Truth collection for the characters of Stranger Things chapter. Uh, Through a brand new legendary set, the collection allows fans to play as Jonathan Byers in addition to providing a very rare outfit for Nancy Wheeler, the impulsive activist. What a fucking world. Uh, following last, oh, this is GTA Online. Following last week's debut of eight new stunt races, GTA Online nods to motorsport fans, motorsport fans of another kind this week with triple rewards in all rockstar created land races. New dates for you. Uh, right now, the PlayStation blog is doing one of those things where, like, hey, guess what? PlayStation VR is awesome. So here's a bunch of announcements for PlayStation VR. So some dates for you here. Wind and Leaves, a flora builder in the world full of secrets, hits PlayStation VR July 27th. <laughs> Become a ninja in PlayStation VR stealth action sandbox game. Uh, Arashi, uh, Castles of Sin, summer 2021. 
Puzzle Bobble 3D Vacation Odyssey enters a new dimension on PlayStation VR, PS4, and PS5 later this year. And then after the fall, a four-player co-op action FPS is coming to PlayStation VR with cross-platform multiplayer support soon-ish. There might have been more. Check the PlayStation blog. You can get over there and have some fun. Deals of the day for you. Uh, Xbox Free Play has announced what's happening for this weekend. Uh, Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor Martyr Complete Collection Warhammer Chaos Bane and Warhammer 40,000 Mechanist are available on Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members uh, this right now, Thursday through uh, Sunday at uh, midnight. Uh. Tim? Mm-hmm. We ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to keep us honest by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Everybody's having a lot of laughs in here today because we were, mm-hmm. again, we weren't wrong about anything. Well, we were wrong about the one thing, obviously. We were wrong about the, the uh, uh, Dolby thing. Thanks for clearing that up. But everybody that was else was. The best you're wrong we've ever had. I tell you what. That was good. Yeah, that helped out a lot. Uh, and then Nano has a nanobiologist has a breaking deal of the day. He says Need for Speed Hot Pursuit is coming to EA Play and Game Pass slash Game Pass PC on June 24th. Uh, we ask people to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, of course, to support the show, keep the lights and mics working, uh, of course, but be part of it. You can write in with your squad up request. This is where you give us your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Rodrigo needs help on Xbox. Rodrigo's Xbox Live username is Rodrigo. R O D R E E E G O O O. I think I got it right. It's oh, yeah. three E's and three O's in Rodrigo. Love it. What's up, everybody? I'm looking for a raid team for Destiny 2. I play primarily on my Series X, but I'm willing to bust out the PS4 Pro to raid with people. I've cleared Vault of Glass this past week with randoms, but I'm looking to make this a weekly thing with some best friends. My Xbox gamer tag and PSN is Rodrigo, so add me. Also, I'm on the West Coast, uh, but I'm down to play any time. Maybe we can frag out in some Warzone, so add me for that too. If you want to play Destiny or Warzone, hit up Rodrigo on PlayStation or Xbox, but primarily Xbox, but you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Tim? Yes. It's almost over this week. Tomorrow, it's going to be me and Blessing hosting this show. <laughs> if you're watching live on Twitch, ladies and gentlemen, Andy and... Blessing at Yoye Jr. are going back to Resident Evil 8 to have their pants scared off. If you'd like to see that, you, of course, can go to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays. What are you shaking your finger at? Speaking of spooky stuff, Greg, let's get a little promo in here for tomorrow. Greg Miller's return to in review for The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, we will be recording the review tomorrow. It will be posting sometime late tomorrow because we need to watch the movie during the day tomorrow because it's dropping on HBO Max tonight at midnight. So do your homework, watch the movie, watch our review, watch Greg do whatever the hell Greg's going to do on a review. I'll do whatever the fuck I want on a review. All right. Just like I do whatever the fuck I want on this show as BD 2085. All right. He's still crying in a corner. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms. We run you through the nerdy video game news. Need no back like that. Be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. If you have no bucks to toss our way and say, Hey, you're doing a good job. No big deal. You can watch on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every weekday no matter where you get the show we love making it for you thank you for hanging out with us and being best friends uh right now twitch stuff's gonna happen tim and i are gonna go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games uh do some stuff there and kevin's just gonna keep on kevin it so until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you <laughs>